what's good, y'all? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Tell You Like a TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a jam-packed, busy show for you. First weekend of the NFL season, and a lot to get to today in today's program. I'll recap the kickoff game between the Bears and the Packers later in the show. And you know how I always do it, because there's so many NFL games, and I'd be here till next Tuesday previewing every single last one of them. I pick three games of the weekend, and I and I preview them, I talk about them for you. And I and the three games going to be Steelers versus the Patriots, Rams and Panthers, and Chiefs and Jaguars. And I also gave you my picks week one in the NFL. But before I get to all that, I have to start with Antonio Brown. Or excuse me, Antonio Clown. Because if there was a word that fits a person to a T, it is him. Antonio Brown is a clown. He is a first ballot Hall of Fame clown. This is a guy that quit on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Quit. On the Pittsburgh Steelers. Quit on them. Week 17. They had to make the they had to beat my Bengals to then to get into the playoffs. They also needed the Browns to beat the Ravens. And he quit on the Steelers in the last game of the season. Last game he played for the for the uh black and for for the uh black and yellow brigade was week 16 on the road against the Saints when Juju fumbled. Last home game he played was the week before when they beat the Patriots. He quit on the Steelers. And now it looks like he's about to quit on his new team that he hasn't even played a single snap for in the Oakland Raiders. This is a guy that has been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. For all the reasons except just playing football. First it was the first it was frostbite on his feet. Then it was that dopey helmet scenario. Him not cooperating with the National Football League, him filing grievances. Now now it's just stupid stuff. Not not showing up for practice, being late for meetings. And then and then he and then his, and then the patience with the Raiders starts to wear thin, especially with Mike Mayock, and I get to the Raiders in a minute. But the patience starts wearing thin. 
They fine him, deservedly so. They fine him 40 grand for missing for missing training camp on, on August 18th. They were very, 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 if you watch Hard Knocks, they were very, very lenient and were very, very, very much in Antonio Brown's corner throughout this entire sequence of events in the month of August. But it gets to a point where your patience starts to wear thin. And it's like, Antonio, can you just shut up, cut the crap, and God on the field and and produce and play football plays. I mean, honest to God, it's it's it's, it's really getting. It's, I'm really getting freaking sick and tired of this. This is annoying. He's taking the same crap and the same drama he took from Pittsburgh, and he's taking it to the Oakland Raiders. Pittsburgh, he would he cussed out a media member because he wouldn't because they didn't pander to him in an article. He sarcastically told the Steelers to trade him. He would constantly flip out on the sidelines to Big Ben and the Steelers' offensive coordinator because he wasn't getting the ball enough. He was speeding down a down a, a uh, down a Pittsburgh freeway. Didn't even bother to show up the court for the for the ticket that he got. And then a few days ago, if, about a week ago, he's getting into a business. He's like he's acting like a thirteen year old middle school girl getting into pissing matches with Ben Beck, Big Ben Roethlisberger over over Twitter about whether or not they were friends. Like, Who cares? All the Oakland writers are crying out loud. We were never friends. Oh, Big Ben said this. Oh, Big Ben said that. This didn't happen. This happened. Oh, we were never friends in the first place. Shut up! Holy crap! It's like every little thing, every five seconds, you just, just play football. You are a Hall of Fame talent of a wide receiver. You have the potential to be one of the great wide receivers that this game has ever seen. But it can all blow up and fail in your face because of your own wrongdoing. Because you because you can't get your head from in between your legs. Because you make it all me, 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 me. Antonio Brown is his own worst enemy. Wasn't the Steelers. Wasn't Tomlin. Wasn't the Roonies. Wasn't Rocklesberger. It's not the media. It's not the Raiders. It's not John Gruden. It's not Mike Mayock. It's him. When is he going to get that through his thick skull? Honestly. Every single time I turn around, it's something. So then he gets the fine, and stupidly he takes a picture of it and, 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 and posts it on Instagram. Saying this, quote, when your own team wants want to hate, but there's no stopping me now, devil is a lie. 
Everyone got to pay this year, so we clear at Raiders. I mean, seriously? Can you just accept your punishment and move on? I mean, Antonio Brown's like the little kid. You remember what your parents would always say? Would always, would always like be extra harsh and disciplining you and holding you accountable when you was a little kid? You didn't understand it now, but as you got older, into your teenage years, and if those of you that are adults, you're early listening to this, your early adult years, you you started you started to understand why. Cause your parents knew if they didn't check you and if they didn't hold you accountable, then the older you got and the more responsibilities and freedoms and privileges you got later in life. It's just going to make you worse than what you already are. And that's what Shannon Sharp said. Getting this money did not change Antonio Brown. Getting this money and this fame and extra notoriety just made him more of what he already is. A selfish, self-serving, self-centered, foolish clown. That's what he is. A clown. Antonio Brown, the clown. Put on a t-shirt. Every single time I turn around. And then he... So let me get this straight. So the Raiders find him. He posts it on Instagram. And then gets mad when his boss, Mike Mayock, confronts him about it. And he gets so livid to the point where he wants to get into a fight with him. Calls him a racist blank. Punts the football and says, find me for that. Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? You cannot act like that. And then expect to reap the rewards and, re and reap the benefits of, of you still being employed. You think Al Davis would stand for that? You think Vince Lombardi would stand for that? Would Bill Belichick stand for that? The answer is no. Not even my football team that I'm on right now. My Archbishop Curly Friars, who are 2-0, won their game uh, uh, yesterday on uh, on Friday. one forty-seven to 15, but that's besides the point. But if he acted like that on my, on my high school football team, he'd have to hit his knees to make sure that he wasn't cut five, five, five minutes after the incident occurred. Either that, or he or he'd be doing up, the, or else he'd be doing up downs from here to Oriole Park at Camden Yards, if he acted like that on my high school football team. You can't act like that. That's unacceptable. There is a there is a point where you have to act professional, act like an adult. Antonio Brown is a grown man. And he's acting like a child. My goodness gracious. Grow up. Do you realize that you are the role model and setting an example for your kids? What about them? 
You can't sit up here and tell your kids, don't act like this, don't do this, and don't act like this, don't say this, don't say that. When your kid, when every single time your kids cut on the television, they they see their father acting like an idiot getting in the news <laughs> for stuff that doesn't even involve him playing football. And the fact that the Raiders didn't cut him after that incident with Mayock is another disgrace. You can't sit up there and have him act like an idiot and then and then him still be on your football team? Are you kidding me? He'd have acted like that as Hopless would have been on the um, would have been on the unemployment line five minutes later. I could give a crap about what dopey, quote-unquote, emotional body gets a team. That's a bunch of horse crap. If he was on my football team, he would have been cut five minutes later. Period. Bottom line. You don't get to act like that and then still think you hold a right and a position on a football team. With all the hell and drama you didn't cause over the past month, You've done absolutely nothing since you've been on the football team. Nothing. But be a complete pain in the ass and act like a complete man-child. You've done nothing since you've been on the Oakland Raiders. Absolutely nothing. And John Gruden is, is, is to blame for this too. Because you can't sit up there and put on a memo to your team that nobody's going to be above the law, nobody's going to be above the Oakland Raiders, da 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 Let Antonio Brown act like an idiot. And you basically have him pull that pathetic, quote-unquote, emotional apology in front of the team. And all of a sudden it's bygones be bygones and everybody, let's just move on. No, you act like that, you're cut. I don't care if Antonio Brown is is Jerry Rice, you cut him. I don't care. You don't get to act like that and then still think you're going to be on my football team. That crap wouldn't stand on Archbishop Curley's football team. That crap wouldn't stand on New England Patriots football team. That crap wouldn't stand on Vince Lombardi's Packer football team. You don't act like that, and it's so that you can reap the benefits and re reap the rewards of you being on the football team. I tell you, if I was the head coach, if I was the gym, he'd be, he'd be on that unemployment line so fast it'd make his head spin. That is a joke. And Gruden, who thinks that he is Mr. Tough Guy, Mr. Nasty, Mr. Chucky all in your face, will cuss you out this and that and the other. And then, and then, a time when Gruden really needs to show show the fact that he is a tough guy and does not and does not care what anybody else thinks, and the time that he needs to play the bad cop, he he's a turtle and he crawls back into his little shell and and and, and, and curls up and, and and folds up. Yet he yet he says in the same breath, "We're trying to win a Super Bowl." Super Bowl teams don't have it. Don't have an idiot act like a complete man child, cuss out their boss, insult their boss, and then at, and then in the same breath they're still on the team. 
that was a Super Bowl winning football team as Hampus would have been cut five seconds after he said that stuff to uh, Mayock. You don't get to act like that. That's ridiculous. That is a joke. You don't get to sit up here and embarrass the franchise and embarrass your teammates and then still expect you're going to be on the football team. And Gruden should and Gruden should have been, enough. Antonio, you're out. I've been patient with you. I've been more than kind and more than fair with you. This is the last straw. You, you've you've raked and you've punctured my last nerve. Get out. And don't come back. But instead, Mike Mayock, who's been who's been on television, who doesn't even have prior to getting the Raider job, doesn't even have a career as an NFL GM. This is his first gig at this. His previous job was a draft analyst on the NFL Network. He was hired by Gruden to be Gruden's puppet. Yet he has, yet he has more balls to call out Antonio Brown for his crap than John Gruden does. And Gruden is a Super Bowl winning head coach. That's ridiculous. You don't get to. Act, you, I mean, what is what? I can't. I can't fathom this. And then Antonio Brown gets. Then news broke this morning. Antonio Brown's all of a sudden angry. He goes from not playing Monday night football to being to being on the field for Monday night football against the game against the Broncos. And then this, and now his status is up in the air again. He said that there's no way he plays for the Raiders after they took away my my guarantees and made my contract week to week. Are are you serious? The Raiders find him two hundred and fifteen thousand seven hundred seven and two hundred fifteen thousand seventy three dollars for conduct detrimental to the team. And Antonio and and, and the Raiders voided twenty nine. Point one one two five million dollars worth of guaranteed money in his contract. And Tony Brown has the has the, the 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 nerve, the temerity, the audacity, unmitigated gall to be angry. The Raiders have every right to take away your money. Every single right. Because you have not done a thing on a football field forum, and the only thing you've done has been a complete headache. And been a complete distraction to the football team. Been a complete headache. Has done nothing to benefit the Oakland Raiders organization for the 2019 NFL season. Has done absolutely nothing but a, but been a complete distraction and been a complete annoyance to his teammates, his coaches, the organization, and the fan base. Bottom line. And the Raiders have every right not to pay him that money. It's the same thing I said with Zeke. It's not just the performance that you do on the field. It matters how you act and how you behave off of it. And Antonio Brown has clearly, clearly, clearly shown us and his bosses and the Raider organization, his teammates and the fan base, that he is not, that he is not responsible enough to earn that money. 
because his behavior off the football field is an utter disgrace. So if the Raiders don't want to pay him $20 million, so be it. You act like that, you can't, you can't sit up here and, and expect to still reap the benefits. I mean, what is that? Tony Brown new to life? You can't sit up here and act like an idiot, cuss out your boss, insult your boss, and then expect your handout for, for, for money and, 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 and to still reap privileges and benefits. How clueless are you, Antonio Brown? Come back to us. Earth to Antonio Brown. Are you listening? And if the Raiders want to pay on a week-to-week -week basis, I'm offering them doing that too. Because like every single day, every single time you turn around, flip a coin and, and, and spin the wheel on what mood Antonio Brown is in that day and how he's going to act. Cause the dude, I swear, has more moods has more mood swings than than the than the calendar has days in a year. One day he's this, next day he's that. One day he's this, next day he's that. And I mean, you never know an Antonio Brown. It's like pulling a rabbit out of a hat. It's like drawing a selection in a raffle. I mean, you don't know what you're going to expect. Antonio Brown, first-class Hall of Fame player and a first-class Hall of Fame clown, Antonio Clown, because at the bottom line, Antonio Brown has to ask himself, and then he's expect, then he's sit up here and ask the Raiders for, to release him. As soon as he sent that message, his high post would have been off the team at the snap of a finger. And he shouldn't even been on the team then long enough to request a trade. One more time. You act like that. You cuss out your boss. You insult your boss. You taunt your boss. Your ass is gone. Five minutes. Antonio Brown ought to be ashamed of himself. And and and, and, and Gruden has to take the hit there. Hate take the hits for this too. Cause he has enabled this behavior and failed to stand up to Antonio Brown, failed to control Antonio Brown, and failed to basically get a hold of him. At the very beginning when this whole nonsense started with this dopey helmet scenario. And Antonio Brown has to ex ask himself, does he want to play football or does he want to or does he want to be a member of a want to be the next member of the of the circus? Cuz it just seems like to me all he wants to do is just rack up money and be a complete distraction. To a football team. Yeah, he'll show up practice. Just do his little cute footwork drills. He'll go ahead and catch the ball behind his ear. You know, he'll, he'll speak to the media for five seconds. I mean, but th do you want to play football or not? That's what you have to ask yourself. If you're Antonio Brown. Do you want to play football or not? Because all you're doing is just fleecing the Raiders out of your money. And, be a co and being a complete distraction on the back end.
And again, if it was on my football team or the Archbishop Curley football team, he would have been gone five seconds. He would have been gone in five seconds. Because you cannot, under any circumstances, act like that and expect to still be on the football team. I don't give a crap who you play for, what level of football you play on, or who's your coach. You don't act like that. That is a joke, and that is an absolute disgrace. And Gruden should be ashamed of himself for allowing this to happen, and Antonio Brown should be ashamed of himself for acting like that. Because if it was because if it was your kids that act like that, you'd have a fit. And you know good and damn well you would. Talk Bears and Packers next. Back after this. Welcome back to Yama Sound Like a TI is podcast. Uh just real quick, two stories I want to get out the way, then we'll get to Packers and Bears at the national news out of the National Football League regarding two big time receivers. Julio Jones set to sign a three-year, $66 million deal. And Tyreek Hill signs a three-year extension with the Kansas City Chiefs. I tell you, you don't hear Julio Jones getting into the news for stupid crap like Antonio Brown. I tell you that much. Nor A.J. Green. Both of those guys were two elite wide receivers in the game. Never say it. Never have a grief with anybody. Never say And if they do, they keep it to themselves. Give me a Julio Jones and an A.J. Green, and you can have the Odell Beckham Juniors and the Antonio Browns and see how many championships you'd win. Go ahead. A.J. Green, the only problem with A.J. Green is that the fact he just can't stay on the field long enough for him to be put in a situation nor to put his team in a situation to win a championship. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, get to the Packers and the Bears, the NFL kickoff game on Thursday night. I like the idea that the NFL kind of went away from uh, having the Super Bowl champion open up on Thursday night with the banners. I like how it kind of went away from that for this year because the NFL's 100th season. And even though the Steelers are one of the oldest teams in football, the Patriots have been around since the 60s, so they're not that old of a team. This is one of the oldest rivalry. This is one of the oldest rivalries in all of sports and the oldest rivalry in the league. So I like the idea that they, st- and not to mention these two teams played on NBC Sunday night uh, a season ago. So it was kind of nice to see these two teams square off against each other. Packers with Aaron Rodgers, of course, they, they're always going to get the national TV spotlight. And the Bears coming off of a, a, a playoff season last year with Khalil Mack and, and the franchise itself being 100 years old along with the NFL. So, so that was a nice little situation. That it was a little, it was very compelling, very compelling. Uh, but as far as the game itself, the the as the Packers defense played great. Gave up one touchdown in the second quarter. Held Green Bay to a field goal in the fourth. So Mac defense picking up right where they left off last year. One of the top best defenses in all of football. Khalil Mack doing his thing. Give the Bears their props where it's due. I'm gonna get on the Bears offense and I'm getting now. Let me switch gears and get on the Bears offense. This Bears offense was a complete and absolute utter disgrace. Uh, on all sides, uh, Mike. I mean, from Mike Davis rushing five carries for 19 yards, David Montgomery rushing six times for 18 yards. I mean, with I mean, oh my goodness gracious! I mean, where do you even begin? 
the pack, the pack, excuse me, the bears, the, the bears, 20% on third down, and they had 10 penalties in the game, and Mitch Trubisky, oh my gosh, oh my, can somebody, I mean, can, all right, can we now, like, dial it down on Mitch Trubisky a little bit? I mean, my goodness gracious. I mean, boy, did he, oh my gosh, did he stink up the incomplete passes, throw, throwing interceptions. He could, oh my goodness, Matt Nagy once again getting too cute. Why in the world on a fourth and ten when you have a, when you finally have found a field goal kicker, by the way, why on a fourth and ten on the, on the pack, on, when you're on the Packers side of the 50, when you can kick a 55 something yard field goal, kick it and, and put yourself to within, to within, uh, to within a point if you get, if you get the field goal. Why in God's name on a fourth and ten are you going for it? And Mitch Trubisky, rather than him looking for somebody to throw, he he practically steps up in a pocket and runs for a little cute three-yard gain. I mean, are you kidding me now? I mean, I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? On a fourth and ten, with three minutes left in the third quarter, they go for it. When they finally have found a field goal kicker, who 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 proved to you in the preseason that he could make it from fifty yards, fifty plus yards deep? And I got and I got Matt Nagy going for it on fourth and ten. Are you, I mean, are you kidding me now? And then and then I can't sit up here and listen to the. You can't sit up here and I don't want to hear anybody complain, scream me anything because Matt Nagy stupidly sat his set set Trubisky and, and set the most of his offense. During the preseason, which and I and I don't want to hear the players moan and groan or anything else about. I don't want to play preseason. It's preseason thing, and they sit up and they and then I wonder what. It, this isn't much. This isn't Madden Ultimate Team, where you plug in players from different teams and different systems and everything else. You plug them in together, play on one team. You you hit the start button, and then all of a sudden, and then they start throwing ninety yard touchdown passes, running backs rushing for one hundred and thirty yards, and you put up fifty points on the scoreboard. This is real life football. This isn't Madden or fantasy football. It doesn't work that way. Okay? The NFL puts in preseason games for a reason. There's only so much you can do in, in practice. Practice, practice it, it, it gets you prepared for games, but it's nothing like being in a game scenario, which is what the preseason gives you. Now, do the, does the NFL need four preseason games? No. Do they need to totally abolish the preseason? No, because last night was a prime example that 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 the Bears offense sure sure what sure could have used some preseason as well as the as well as the Packers offense. I mean, I, I get Aaron Rodgers that has been in the league a while and he's a and he's a veteran and he's had a couple injuries as of late, so he's gotta kinda keep track of his body and everything else. But when you have a new but when you have a new young Offensive minded head coach who has never been a head coach on any level of uh, football competition, you gotta play preseason games just so you and the coach can get in sync and have that chemistry and have you guys connect and get into a fold. So by week one comes, you know, you're not putting up, you're not putting up seven, ten points in, in you know, averaging seven, seven to ten points in the first three weeks of the season. 
and your and you re, and your offense really doesn't start to click until until uh, late September, early October. Because God forbid, late December comes and there's a tiebreaker scenario between you and and the Packers or whoever it might be, and you go and you're gonna look back earlier in the season and you're gonna sit up here and say, "Well, we should have won this game, we should have won that," and you're gonna and you're gonna go back and start rec, uh, and start uh, recollecting, recollecting, start uh, uh, reminiscing over over the game over the games in early September that you should have won, but you didn't because your offense was inept because you didn't feel like playing playing the preseason games in early August. So it's there for a reason. The players seeing the preseason does them more harm than good. When really it's the exact opposite. Aaron Rodgers could have used preseason according to that offensive performance they put up on Thursday night. Mitch Shabisky and Matt Nagy, same thing. I mean, holy goodness gracious. Oh my gosh, oh my. And by the way, can we can we take it down a notch on on uh, putting Mike Pettin in the Hall of Fame and equating this Packer defense to the 61 uh, Packer defense? That was second in all of football that season. I mean, can, I mean, can can we take it? Can we take it down a notch, please? Before we put Mike Pettin in the Hall of Fame and basically equate him to Buddy Ryan and make the sixth and make this Packer defense out to be the out to be uh out to be the sixty one Packers. Can can we can we do that, please? Can we can can we do that, please? Before we start going crazy. You can't expect to win football games when you're when you're going when you're going twenty percent on third down and you have ten penalties and a, and three of which came three consecutive times to the point where you were facing a first and forty in the in the football game. You can't expect to win football games when you when you're twenty percent on third down and you have ten penalties in a game, three of which came through three consecutive ten yard penalties. To the point where it backs you up to a first and forty, you can't expect to win football games. And I and, and I gotta sit up here and I gotta listen to basically uh, I not love Alan Chris, but I gotta listen to 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 them basically put and and all the other Packer fans basically put Mike Penton in the Hall of Fame. I mean, are you kidding me now? Mike Penton in the Hall of <laughs> we gonna put Mike Penton in the Hall of Fame? Basically, equate him to Buddy Ryan. And, and and put this Packer defense up up with one of the greatest of all time because they held Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy to three points. Are you kidding me? When they didn't even play the preseason. And and I guarantee you if this team would have played the Chiefs, the Saints, the Patriots, or any other team with a competent offense would have they would have gotten lit up like a Christmas tree in the middle of Rockefeller Center on a on a Tuesday night in December. It would have gotten lit up. I guarantee it. Can we take it down a notch with the Packers, please? With the with the Packer defense, please, 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 please. The Bears defense spit up the joint. You can't expect one football games when you have ten penalties in the game. And you're twenty percent on third down. You can't win. While Mr. Bisky is throwing bonehead interceptions and then throwing incomplete and 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 throwing incompletions left and right. You can't expect to win football games that way. You just can't. I'm sorry. I don't care what level you you're on or what team you play for. You can't expect to win games when when you when you shoot yourself in the foot with stupid penalties and you are twenty percent on third down.
not being aware of the play clock, delay of game penalties, poor handoffs on the sweep. I mean, please, 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 please. Let's take it down a notch before we put Mike Pettin out to be Buddy Ryan or Marvin Lewis as a defensive coordinator. Please. Please, can we take it down a notch? My gosh. The Bears' offense was putrid in that game. And Matt Nagy was not out to be, was not Mike Dicker in the game by any stretch of the imagination either. So let's take it down and ask before we put this Packer defense in the Hall of Fame and, and, and have a bust built for Mike Pettin's cue bald head. Please. I'll take a break. I'll talk week one games right after this. Welcome back to Amatel Like a TIS podcast. Breaking news and out, for the Nash, out of the National Football League regarding Antonio Brown. He has now been cut by the Oakland Raiders. My reaction is should have been done a long time ago. Like I said in my monologue, I say it again. You act like that, you disrespect your boss, you disrespect your organization, you disrespect your teammates. Should have been gone the same day that he disrespected Mayock and insulted him and disrespected him and disrespected him and anything else. And the fact that it had to take him to request a release proves how weak and soft Gruden and the Raiders look in this situation. Because the power of of releasing Antonio should have been with the Raiders and not with him requesting to be released. Should been It should have been with the Raiders. So Antonio Brown has you know, been a Raider from March to September the 7th and did not put up not one, stati- one official st- statistic as a member of the Oakland Raiders. And all of you Oakland Raiders fans that uh, that bought his jersey and, uh, and bought season tickets hoping to see Antonio Brown, my, my condolences to you. And those of you who picked him in fantasy, don't fret because I guarantee you some team will be stupid enough to pick him up, whether it be the Bills, the Colts. If, it's, if the Ravens pick him up, I will laugh. But... Or, or and if the Bengals pick him up, that 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 that's that that'll be death. To, that'll be the, the kiss of death for the Bengals season. But and God forbid the the Patriots pick him up. The Patriots pick him up. You can pretty much forget about uh, the NFL. The this this NFL season, the Patriots pick him up and. I I mean, honest to God, I can I can see the headlines now. Antonio Brown, member of the New England Patriots. Oh my gosh, Almighty! But but uh, anyway, Antonio Brown released by the Oakland Raiders. To his request that he posted on Instagram earlier this morning. Uh, he will not, of course, play for the Raiders on uh Monday night at home against the Packers. But uh, that's it with the Antonio Brown. Moving on to other things in the National Football League. Again, three games I picked from the week of the football. And I talk about my preview for you. Uh, I'll start with Antonio Brown's old team and possibly his future employer. Who knows at this point. But we'll start with the Steelers and the Patriots. 
Brady is eight eight and three against Roethlisberger head to head, including postseason. Last time these two teams met was in Week 15, when the Patriots' offense re- really ran into a complete wall. And at this point, if you would have told me that at I was matter, I saw this game on the cruise ship. I was on my Christmas cruise, and I saw and I saw the game live, play by play, on the on the pool deck on the. Uh, Norwegian cruise line and I was and if you would have told me on that day whatever December 15th whatever day it was that the Patriots were going to end up Super Bowl champions two months later I would have laughed at you and told you you were crazy because the Patriots were the the defense was the defense was average at best and the offense Brady especially hit a complete wall in that game and Steelers be, finally beat the Patriots after getting jobbed by the refs the year before, and and if and the Steelers go on to lose the critical game against the Saints, and beat the Bengals, and then the Browns beat the Ravens. So that was the last time those two teams met, December of two thousand and eighteen. But these two teams play again, uh, Sunday night, uh, on on uh, the season premiere of Sunday Night Football on NBC. Uh, games at eight twenty. Uh, these two teams going up against each other. Patriots just freak just recently tied the Pittsburgh Steelers for the most Super Bowl championships in NFL history with six. They hang up their six Lombardi their six uh, Super Bowl champion banner uh, of this of this millennium and of the franchise on Sunday night. As and this is also their third championship. In the past uh, four, in the past four seasons, uh, dating back to uh, when they got their fourth Super Bowl championship, it's it's it really seems once upon a time the Patriots had three championships. Think about that for a minute. In two thousand and thirteen, two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, the Patriots only had three championships. Three, and you turn to page six years later, they have six. But I mean the Patriot. I mean it's simple. The Patriot dynasty has really been split up into, into in really into two chapters. You have the early two thousands Patriots dynasty. The, the the first three, they beat the Ram. They beat the Rams Super Bowl thirty six. They beat the the Panthers Super Bowl thirty eight. They beat the Eagles Super Bowl thirty nine. You split it in half. They've been a couple of Super Bowls. They really they were they've been of course good and competitive. But they, but it took them a little while to to win a Super Bowl. Till till they uh, help with Deflate Gate certainly when they uh, beat the Colts, but they could have beat the Colts with a wet bar of soap that game, and it also helped the fact that idiots and Daryl Bevel, Pete Carroll, and Russ Wilson uh, thought they thought they were football geniuses and decided to throw the ball at the one yard line with the Marshall Lynch in the backfield, and that's how the Patriots basically kick started their uh the second chapter of their uh six Super Bowl dynasty in the t- in this uh two thousands uh millennium. So and then the and then they won then twenty eight to three against the Falcons and then uh and then they come off losing the Super Bowl to the Eagles and then they play the Rams because uh, Rams offense decided to take a night off uh on that uh sun on that a uh, Sunday night in February. But anyway, Steelers and Patriots Patriot, uh, the uh, Brayton give you these two little stats: Roethlisberger and Brady in prime time. Roethlisberger's eleven and three, 
averaging two, 323 passing yards per game, 40 touch and 40 touchdown passes on primetime games since 2015. Brady since 2015 is 13 and 15, averaging 289 passing yards a game in 33 touchdowns. And Brady has been undefeated against Big Ben at home. He's 4-0 including uh the playoffs. The uh Steelers looking to move on. Steelers looking to move on and to start a new chapter of Steeler football without Antonio Brown and uh and uh Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, member of the uh Jets, Antonio Brown traded to the Raiders and now released like I previously discussed. And they're looking to move on with a new brand of Steeler football with Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner being the forefronts of the offense and Big Ben Roethlisberger's uh, help as a member of the offense. Uh, it's going to be a close competitive football game. i give you the picks for that later on in the program, but I think it's going to be a competitive, very close and intriguing football game. Uh, I think it'll go down to the wire, and I expect Pittsburgh to stay with New England through the majority of the game because New England, of course, uh, you know, no Chris Hogan. He's gone. Gronk's retired, and it'd be interesting to see. And if not the and the Patriots don't pl- and the Patriots aren't necessarily, uh, you know, the Patriots really aren't the Patriots the first month month and a half of the season. The month of September, the Patriots are. Always, 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 they are they are an average football team in the first month of the season. I don't know, I don't know why that is, but it, I mean, I mean, it helps. I mean, they get hot at the right time. Month of November, December, the Patriots are world beaters, but for whatever the reason, the Patriots can never, ever, ever start on the right foot. Whether it's whether it's getting torched by Kansas City. Whether it's you know what whether it's lo- losing a Sunday night game on the road to the Lions, whatever the case might be, they are ju- they the Patriots for whatever the reason can they 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 just they don't play as well and as dominant during the first during the first uh, during the uh, first month of the season, and uh, that that'll give you an idea of where I stand. With uh, this this uh, Steeler Patriot game, moving on, uh, well, moving on to the team that lost to the Patriots in Super Bowl Fifty Three, playing their first game of meaning since Super Bowl Fifty Three, and that is the Los Angeles Rams who take on the Carolina Panthers uh, Sunday afternoon. The game will be on Fox. Game starts at one o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, Jared Goff, Cam Newton, Cam Newton, again. Panthers' success relies on him and his shoulder, and it and it relies on the production of Christian McCaffrey. And to basically carry the load running the football and catching out the backfield, it also relies heavily on Greg Olson staying healthy, something he has not been able to do the last couple of seasons. Cam Newton, they have uh, they have Chris Hogan, who I previously mentioned, they have him on the receiving core. He looks. He's looking to be Cam Newton's new right hand uh, target in the ball game. Meanwhile, the Rams, coming off of losing Super, coming off losing Super Bowl Fifty Three, uh, and looking to do something that's very hard to do, something that really only the Patriots have done, and that's go uh, 
and that's go it's and that's go to another Super Bowl the year after the year after you had you were previously in the game and you lost it and the Rams are looking to make it back. Uh, Rams though Rams got me. I don't don't expect the Rams to set the world on fire like they did last year. Another year of film on them. Another year of game plan. People gonna know how to stop Aaron Donald. The I mean, Todd Gurley has arthritis in his knee. That's always gonna be a pain. Jared Goff, we know he's a good quarterback. He's you know he's not great. He's he I mean he spit it up in the Super Bowl and that defense was not the '85 Bears defense by any stretch of the imagination. So I think everyone's like Jared Goff. You know he's a competent, good quarterback, but he's not. You know he's he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback yet by any stretch of the imagination. You know people are gonna people. You know they're they're not gonna be surprised and nor taken aback by the Rams' little tr- uh, trickeries and and little nuances that the uh, Rams pull in their uh, in their offensive game plan. So that should be a, a decent game to watch on Sunday afternoon. Third game is Chiefs and Jaguars. Chiefs coming off of losing the uh, AFC Championship game to the New England Patriots in overtime at home. It was a close competitive football game. They're trying to make it back to the AFC Championship game and trying to do one better, make us and make a Super Bowl run with their young, with their young, uh, electrifying, exciting quarterback in Patrick Mahomes coming off of an MVP season last year. Uh, they locked up Tyree Kill for the next few seasons, like I already mentioned earlier in the program. Uh, no Kareem Hunt, he's a member of the Cleveland Browns, but they picked up LaShawn McCoy last weekend, who had, who had get, gotten cut uh, last week. So if LaShawn McCoy shows out like his 2012 self, the the Chiefs should be in good shape with running the football, uh, with passing the football. I mean, the Chiefs' offense will be A-OK. problem with the Chiefs is, is that that defense has to hold up. They has to hold. They have to hold up. They have to hold up, and they have to not let opponents go up and down the field on them and score touchdowns and basically prolong drives. And they have to get off the field on third down, which something they did not do in a Patriot game or at all last season, for that matter. That in order for the Chiefs to to make the Super Bowl, in order for them to be in in the thick of things, come late. Come uh come December and into January, is that their defense has to be on its best behavior because if they're not, I don't care if Patrick Mahomes throws for five hundred yards and eight touchdown passes, you can't win if your defense can't get off the field and force three and outs. That's just that's just the bottom line. Jaguars though, you know what? Here's his interesting his actually here's two stats for you. I love to give you these. Since becoming the Chiefs head coach in 2013, Andy Reid has a 5-1 record in Week 1 with his offense averaging about 30 points a game. So the Chiefs should should be pretty good. But the catch is that Patrick Mahomes threw 50 touchdown passes last year but threw absolutely zero when they played Jacksonville. The only team that kept Patrick Mahomes from throw, from uh, reaching Painter via the uh, touch via the uh, pass through the air is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They held him to a career low sixty two point seven passer rating last season, a career low for Patrick Mahomes. So the Jaguar defense, which has to, which has to step up and it has to be as physical and as dominant as they were in two thousand seventeen when they reached the AFC Championship game, they have to 
basically repeat what they did against uh, Mahomes last year and do it some more throughout the 16-game stretch if they want to make it uh, back into AFC Championship contention. And uh, the and the offense, you know, Leonard Fournette has to has to stay healthy. He has to be on the field, and he has to show up and show out when when his number is called. And then just rely on your quarterback Nick Foles to uh, to work to work his magic, which is certainly an upgrade from the rather incompetent uh, Blake Bortles. The game will be on one o'clock on CBS. Take a break. Week one picks right after this. Welcome back to Amatilak and TIA's podcast. Switching gears now to my weekly NFL picks for week one, starting with week one of the 2019 NFL season. First game up on the board, Rams and Panthers. Rams, like I mentioned earlier in the uh, pro- in my last segment, Rams looking to make it two straight years with Super Bowl appearances. I will pick the Rams to win that game 23-20 over the Carolina Panthers. The Cleveland Browns. Yep, the Cleveland Browns going up against the Tennessee Titans in their home opener. Match of Heisman winning trophy quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield, Marcus Mariota, new game, or excuse me, first game for the trio of Mayfield, or for the trio of Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. I think the I think the Browns will show up and show out in their first home game of the season with the new group. I think the Browns will win 26-21. Kansas City and Jacksonville. Kansas City looking, like I said earlier in the program, trying to make it back to the AFC Championship game and trying to uh, make a Super Bowl push, but they're going to have to run into that uh, vaunted Jaguar defense that really had their number when they played them last year, but I'll take Kansas City to win the game, 31-28. Ravens and Dolphins. Ravens coming off of a AFC North Divisional Championship. But they lost at home to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers at the hands of a great defensive performance by the Jet by the uh, Chargers and a poor offensive performance by Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense. Ravens added uh, Mark Ingram and uh, Earl Thomas, just to name a few, over the offseason. Mark Ingram should provide a great running attack for the Ravens. Let's see if Lamar Jackson has really developed and improved his game over the offseason and in training camp of becoming a pocket passer. But the Dolphins, who basically sold off their team for draft picks last weekend, won't be competitive in the game. That's why I think the Raiders will win 20-3. to Switching gears now to the Falcons and the Vikings. That game will be on at 1 o'clock. Falcons have not won in Minnesota, by the way, since week 16 in 2008, so it's been a little while. Falcons, who were bitten by the injury bug last year, 
and really one of their last, you know, when, even though they locked up Julio Jones, their window is kind of closing. I mean, it's really act now or uh, say or say goodnight. They play the Vikings, who are coming off of a disappointing season, mostly at the hands of Nick of uh, Kirk Cousins. They're going to have a good defense, which is going to keep them. I picked 8-8 eight eight for them in my uh, predictions last week. That the defense is going to keep them in the game, but then again, I'll take Matt Ryan over Kirk Cousins. I think the Falcons win the game 17-14. to 14. Jets... And the Buffalo Bills. Le'Veon Bell returns to the field since for the first time since 2017. Set all the 2018 season. Should do him some favors. You know, it's not like it's a quarterback. You know, we got to read offenses and things. Like that. All he's got to do is just read the holes, stay patient, and accelerate through those holes when he gets them. Le'Veon Bell and the Jets should be in good shape. They'll be, especially Sam Darnold, year in the NFL, year of experience. He should improve and progress himself as a good NFL quarterback. I just I told you Jets are going to be about seven and nine, which is a, which is a plus from last year. Jets going up against the Buffalo Bills at home. I think the Jets and Le'Veon Bowl have a good day. I have the Jets winning 24-21. The Eagles and the Redskins. Eagles losing uh, their hero uh, Nick Foles, but they have Carson Wentz, who has to stay healthy if the Eagles want to make a run at another Lombardi. Uh, they got Deshaun Jackson. They brought him back this offseason. But meanwhile, the Washington Redskins, who drafted Dwayne Haskins in the first round, will sit to begin the season. Case Keenum is the starting quarterback, who, of course, has taken over for for Alex Smith, who who is still recovering from breaking his leg uh, in November against the Texans last year. Uh, I will pick the Eagles to win that. I'll pick the Eagles to win that game at home, twenty-four to fourteen. Uh, Chargers and the let me find it. I think Chargers and Colts. Jacoby Brissett making his first start since Week Seventeen of two of the two thousand and seventeen season. I have the Chargers win the game, thirty-one to seventeen. Seattle and my Bengals. <laughs> the analyst in me is saying that the Bengals don't have a shot. No AJ Green. Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton. Defense is still unproven yet. Young coach going up against an experienced Super Bowl winning and national championship winning coach and Pete Carroll going up against Russell Wilson, who drafted DK Metcalf. For Seahawks fans hope they aren't he isn't a bust. Doug Bowen retired. They locked up Bobby Wagner, but they let Earl Thomas walk. It doesn't matter. Seahawks at home, and you and you're in, um, and you're the Cincinnati Bengals. The analyst in me is saying we don't have a prayer, uh, so it's going to be a rough uh, day and a half or a rough week in my household because uh, if everything works out to the way I think it will, I will. My brother will not leave me alone. He's a Seahawks fan, as you all well know. He will not leave me alone. And I think the Bengals... I think the Bengals offense will improve. I think they'll put up 31 points, but that Bengals defense will let Russell Wilson work all over. And I think the Seahawks will win 41-31. to 31. The Lions and the Cardinals... Kyler Murray making his NFL debut. Lions basically trying to come, just trying to 
prove like they belong in the NFC North while the Cardinals are really in a rebuilding mode with their uh, new coach Cliff Clingsbury, you know, who everyone made out to be uh, Vince Lombardi this offseason, who was an average coach in the at Texas Tech, average coach. But uh, the I think the Lions will win that game, twenty-three to twenty. Dallas and the Giants. Dallas get it, finally getting Ezekiel Elliott back. Jace Witten came out of the Monday Night booth, uh, which is a complete relief and an utter gift from the football gods. He was terrible in the Monday Night Football booth. He's doing to what he's going back to what he does best, and that's being a tight end in the National Football League. They go up against the Giants, who will have Eli Manning at least start the beginning of the season for them. They let Odell go. They got Saquon Barkley, one of the best running backs in football. Dallas will win the game 27-7. San Francisco up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jimmy Garoppolo takes the first time since week three of last year. Uh... I think San Francisco is going to be they're going to be they're going to be better than certainly better than what they were last year. I got San Francisco winning 26-24. The Sunday night game of the week on NBC season premiere Sunday night football like I discussed earlier in the program, Steelers and Patriots, like I said, Patriots really aren't that dominant of a football team in the first month and a half of the season. Steelers going to be out there looking for something to prove, prove that they are still the Pittsburgh, the competitive, uh, edgy, playoff contending Pittsburgh Steelers. They're, they're trying to live up to that mantra and prove that they don't need Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell to be that type of team. That team's going to be pissed off. The team's going to play ed- edged up. That team's going to play annoyed. And and who better to play first week of the season than the New England Patriots, who just tied the Pittsburgh Steelers for most Super Bowl championships in NFL history. I think the Steelers will play with a bit of an edge to them. And that's why I think, the Pete, I think that's why Ben Roethlisberger will get his first win in Foxborough as a Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. I think the Steelers will win 31-24. The two Monday night games this week. The Saints coming off of getting jobbed in the NFC Championship game last year, playing their first home game since. They go up against the Houston Texans, who pretty much traded away their whole team for the most part, uh, basically handing Jadavion Clowney to the Seahawks. I think this. I I don't I don't care what JJ Watt or uh, Deshaun Watson do in the game. That game will be Saints all the way, 31-21. And the last game that no one will pay attention to because really, who cares? I mean, does Joe Flacco and uh, the hapless Oakland Raiders tickle your fancy? If it does. You're lucky because you'll have uh, Joe Flacco, who's Super Bowl winning uh, quarterback, coming, leaving the Ravens after 11 seasons to play for the uh, Denver Broncos. For now, now leaving the Ravens, going to the Denver Broncos in his first season. Uh, meanwhile, you have the Raiders who just cut Antonio Brown, cut off all distractions. We'll see if the Raiders, and if that will help the Raiders. I doubt that it will. Uh, but I have never won the game 23 21. So, that is your week one NFL picks. 
given to you by yours truly. Every week, I'll have uh, I'll pick an NFL game. Well, not pick NFL games, but I will have the NFL uh, picks for you in the game for each and every game throughout this 2019 NFL season. And I hope you enjoyed another episode of Yamatelaki Tia's podcast with yours truly, Jai Shields. If you're new to the show, please uh, don't be afraid to subscribe. If you're listening on iTunes, give a review. Uh, share it with your friends, family, co-workers, and acquaintances. I'm your host, Jai Shields. Thanks for listening. Enjoy week one in the NFL, everybody. Talk to you next week. Take care. God bless.